Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? <laughs> I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. <laughs> Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brewcast, broadcasting live from the Slow Food slash Slow Beer Festival. I guess this year it's officially the Slow Beer Festival right here in San Francisco, put together with uh, Slow Food USA and the San Francisco Brewers Guild. It's really an amazing festival that we've had the privilege to broadcast live from here today. And we're going to try to get the whole story about slow food and slow beer and this event out for you. Uh, For those of you that can't make it, it is the, uh, Dave, maybe you can help me out with this too this is the second annual is that right yeah that's right it's kind of the first time it's been slow beer right last year we called it beer and bites Uh, okay beer and bites last year and really what's happened is uh craft beer and certainly uh, local craft beer here in the bay area has combined with the slow food movement which has been building here for years also and we've also got with us right now carmen tedesco who is uh, the regional governor of slow food usa so he works with slow food uh in in the bay area and then of course my ever trusty co-host jason petros jp that's true uh it's kind of a hippie uh deal for you jp i'm surprised yeah. you made it out here i'm a little nervous i'm a little nervous but uh no patchouli yeah and uh so you're okay um, i'm good yeah i won't talk about global warming if you promise not to insult al gore We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> we'll After the break, we'll, we'll, we'll see try what to get the whole three. Well, let's find out first. Uh, slow food is something that I, I think has been around for maybe longer than people recognize the term slow food. So, Carmen, I'm wondering if you can help us uh, describe exactly what's, what does it mean when we're talking about slow food. Okay. Thank you, uh, Justin. Uh, slow food is a um, 
uh, a social movement which started in Italy about 20 years ago by uh, Carlo Petrini, and it's the premise is for uh, uh, sustainable agriculture and and having dinners and conviviality with uh, uh, people uh, at and, and having conversation around the dinner table. Okay. It's been here in the States uh, for about eight or nine years, and it's growing rapidly. And this year, at Labor Day, we're going to be having the Slow Food Nation uh, right here in uh, Fort Mason and at the Civic Center. And it's going to be a four-day conference. Uh, Wonderful. be our first event here in uh, the United States. It's a major slow food event. So re- at the risk of being, you know, Captain Obvious over here, it, it is really kind of this opposite to fast food, this sort of eat in our car, eat on the run uh, food that's hardly ever touched by a human it's kind of the opposite of that well that's exactly right exactly right back in 86 in january of 1986 mcdonald's opened their first quote restaurant at the base of the spanish steps in rome and at that event carlo petrini said this is war (laughs) really and we're going to fight it with good food Fantastic. And so exactly right, the opposite of fast food, and, and that's where slow food has come from. Carmen and I are going to be good friends, I can tell already. <laughs> I really like his choice of words and, you know, quote, restaurant. This is, is yeah. fantastic. We are on the same page. Um, my brother, a chef himself, uh, really kind of got into this movement on the East Coast and, and, and taught me a little bit about it. And I'm just discovering, uh, along with our listeners, I think, what, what slow food means. So it's fantastic to see out here we have, uh, can you tell me how many different different uh, local uh, food producers we have at the event today. I think I counted at least uh, three or four, maybe even more than that. Actually, there's about a dozen. Is it really? There's about a dozen that uh, that are here today. Okay. Uh, amongst uh, Hog Island with their you know, local oysters and uh, uh, fatted calf uh, with their knockwurst uh, uh, um, uh, grilling. And, of course, uh, D. Harley, Harley Goat Farms. Uh, Massimo uh, Corporales with Massimo Gelato, and uh, also we, uh, some people that are sponsored us is Acme Bread, Steve Sullivan, and uh, Sue Conley, Calgore Creamery, and also pretzels. We got some some uh, organic pretzels made by Dieter from Oktoberfeast. And uh, Any, they're, they're really something. When you know pretzels made by a man called Dieter, yeah, <laughs> those are true. Be, yeah. yeah, That's, that's a, a real sign. pretzel. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, these are all people that have donated uh, food for the event also, right? Ax- yes, yes. They've uh, yeah, they supported us. And also uh, from Ani uh, uh, Salumi uh, over in Berkeley. So we've had uh, uh, a nice uh, representation okay. of the local food artisan producers. Now, Dave... Uh, how does slow food relate to the craft beer movement? And, and do you call it slow beer on a, on a daily basis? You know, I, I think that's a, a phrase that we may have coined for this event. Okay. But I think that it totally encapsulates what it is that the you know, local craft beer, the whole national craft beer movement is all about. Um, I think it's, it's a natural fit uh, between slow food, the slow food movement, and the, the modern craft beer movement in this country. It's just the same, same ideals, which is artisanship, uh, sourcing, carefully sourcing of ingredients, a lot of love and craft and passion poured into a product, whether it's beer or bread or sausage or wine. Yeah. Um, 
just sort of the you know the the values that we share with the slow food movement are are identical I think in many ways and it's just uh, you know it just seems to feel like something where we we all work really well together it, uh, it does fit I can't uh, so many people asked me this week when I was telling them that we're broadcasting from here and we're going to be at the the slow beer festival they asked me what slow beer was and Really, to describe it, it, it kind of exactly like you're saying, I just said, well, you know, I don't think that craft brewers thought of themselves as slow beer brewers, but in the end, it's really the same kind of thing. They're, they're generally locally produced, handmade in small batches. Um, a lot of you uh, are sourcing your ingredients as local as possible as brewers, um, and really just kind of this hands-on approach to producing something that people put in their bodies. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that people, you know, that, that were, was so troubling for the folks that were involved in slow food in the beginning with the, the McDonald's and, you know, what that meant for the, the, the culture, the food culture in Italy, um, you know, that's the same thing that a lot of, you know, the, the home brewers that have become craft brewers have rebelled against the, the mass-produced, mass-marketed big beers yeah. in general. And, you know, so we share a lot of that same kind of fight, you know, the little guy versus, you know, David versus Goliath, Goliath basically. It really is. It's fantastic to see it here uh, kind of joined together. Carmen, did you, uh, how long have you been involved with the, the Slow Food organization? Uh, eight years. With eight years, Eight okay. years I've been in, uh, involved uh, with it. It started in Santa Cruz. I start the, started the Slow Food Santa Cruz Convivium and then uh, moved up here five years ago and working with uh, Lorenzo Scarponi who started uh, Slow Food San Francisco 12 years ago, and it was the first convivium in the United States. And, okay. and today we are the, uh, the largest uh, uh, convivium in the, in the U.S. Well, of course, the guy who headed up, is, his name is Lorenzo Scarponi. You don't mess with a Scarponi. No. It's, it's, it's going to be the largest organization of whatever it is, and you don't mess with it. No. <laughs> and it will never be broken. Yeah. yeah. Nor will it ever go to jail. I would, yeah. I would love it if my radio name were Lorenzo Scarponi. It can be. <laughs> I, think it sh- I think I should change it from here forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that uh, what you're seeing here is, is kind of this culmination of, of two industries. Did you expect to you know, maybe eight years ago when you got involved that, that you guys would find yourselves with beer makers in the same room and kind of on the same page. That's right. That, that, uh, uh, primarily, uh, Slow Food is involved with winemakers, and, and we have, you know, fabulous uh, wine uh, events and wine tasting. And actually, this is the start of Slow Food in Italy. Carlo Petrini was very much involved with the uh, uh, Piemonte uh, uh, winemakers. But it's great to have the beer makers uh, as well. I mean, they're doing a, g- a great job using local ingredients. And, and also, I know Dave uh, gets uh, some of his hops from the U.K., which uh, right, right. are really organically grown and uh, just you know top of the line stuff. So, slow food's a combination of not only just local, but the best. Yeah. And what we're finding out, like like in Italy, a lot of these sausage makers and salumi makers, they're in their sixties now, and the cheese makers. And you know who's who's going to be passing on this uh, this heritage? Who are they going to pass it on to? So that's why slow food's kind of taking it on. To make these very artisan, specially made things aware to everyone so there's demand. So the children say, hey, I want to continue this, and it's a viable business. So that's uh, one of the ideas of Slow Food, to really uh, build a demand for artisan and good food. That's an excellent point. Uh, JP actually and I were talking about... uh 
you know, kind of a, a good local butcher is something that is, yeah. is gone by the wayside. You don't find that anymore. A charcuterist? A charcuterist. Ooh. A charcuterie. Yeah. <laughs> very nice, GP. Thank you very much. I'll tell you, you're never going to be able to go back to your communist ways after no. this program. That's ver- what do you mean? You're really showing your true colors. Yeah. Well, you know. But you're right. Who You know, these are things that have been around yeah. for generations. And who does take them over? I mean, uh, and I think that promoting this and, and also expose. There's a lot of young people in the room today. And I'm actually, um, I'm almost surprised to see as many young people as there are. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic to see them getting into the to the artisan products that are being made here. And I think that's going to help keep it alive. So you guys are doing a good job to promote in general. Uh, absolutely. At our wine tasting events, that's primarily an older crowd. And uh, at our cheese tastings and things like that, you tend to see it, you know it's an older crowd doing yeah. slow food. So it's really wonderful to see a you know thirty something crowd yeah. here at the uh, slow beer fest. Hey, you put some beer in there, forget it. The whole yeah, college will show up over here. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they have uh, people like uh, Dave to work with, and, and the uh, San Francisco uh, Brewers Guild is just a great organization of uh, you know grassroots uh, uh, salt of the earth people. Uh, Dave, you, since I've met you, have kind of been involved in, in locally grown and sustainable agriculture. And, and you have a fantastic restaurant over at Magnolia. You've since opened the Alembic. Uh, so this is something, uh, this combination has been a passion of yours for years anyway. Yeah, well, I, I've been a Slow Food member for years, too. And I think that, you know, honestly, I'm honored to participate at this level with the Slow Food San Francisco and, you know, through the Brewers Guild because it's something that has been, you know, it started as a personal interest for me before it became a professional one as okay. a you know subscriber to or a member of slow food and I used to read the you know the slow magazine that comes out which you know a lot of the you know a lot of these things really took root in me and made it a cause of mine that I believe strongly and just at, on a personal level first and that's why I feel so natural to kind of continue it in, in my work life and, and you know work you know work my restaurants and the, and the beer that we make into into this kind of program. Um, it's it's definitely something I feel a lot of passion for, and have you know it's been something that's been simmering for years. Um, this is even before Magnolia. You're talking about. Well, I I didn't know about I don't know if I knew about slow food before Magnolia, but you know in the early days we you know when Magnolia opened we had a philosophy then of trying to do really you know pub food that was you know where the the sourcing of the ingredients on the food side uh, matched the way we kind of looked at our beer program. Yeah. And so we tried from the beginning, but it was you know a little crude, and I was 26 years old and you know searching for information and and so you know there was a learning process along the way that led me to slow food and you know there was some you know a couple of light bulb moments of enlightenment there where you know there were some great ideas that I you know it just connected all the dots for me okay. in terms of what it's all about or could be all about yeah. you know and it's a it, it's a great story about Dave and Magnolia and actually his his brewery underneath the restaurant in uh, on Hate uh, Hate Street I think it's creepy <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to say is I I made a video of, uh, as Dave had taken me on a tour. I made a nice video of that, and you can see that tour on slowtube.org. Okay, so slow there, tube. Absolutely. There's yeah. got to be a tube for everything now. Yeah, I love yeah, it, yeah. Carmen. Yeah, you can find this. <laughs> That's actually great. Uh, a tour of Magnolia. Our listeners have been listening to Dave for a couple of years now, yeah. so uh, you should have told us sooner, Dave, that we can go actually see your uh, creepy basement brewery <laughs> right. on uh, slowtube.org. I made sure it was clean that day. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we make sure we get all that information out? So where can people find out more about slow food in general? Well, we could go to the uh, the main we- website, which is slowfood.com. Okay. And if you're in the Bay Area, we have slowfood.norcal.com. 
www.thebayarts.com, and okay. you'll see all the uh, local events in the uh, in the Bay Area. So that would be a, a good spot for that. And then for San Francisco itself, we have Slow Food San Francisco, one word, dot com, and uh, that'll have everything specific to uh, the San Francisco Convivium. Okay. And then, Dave, the, the guild's becoming more and more organized every year. I see you guys doing a lot of we, good things. We try. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys really are doing a good job since uh, the day I first heard about you was probably eight days after the guild became a guild. Uh, but you guys have really kind of come together and done good things here. Yeah, we, we've developed a good re- working relationship with each other where, uh, you know, it's, it's a volunteer organization where we, you know, like so many entities like Slow Food, too, to some degree. And, you know, it's just, it's very, you know, we try to put as much time and energy into it as we can and and uh, but we're all really motivated by the idea of working together we can help sort of broaden the you know the the awareness of the whole craft beer movement and so you know we see that as a, as a worthy mission to take on and it's worth Absolutely. all the effort sfbrewersguild.com you can go to find out and That's you right. guys put up the upcoming events this has been on the website so you could, you could have found out about it there sold yeah. out today which uh, congratulations yeah. really that's a, a great deal yeah thanks that, that's what 400 tickets or something yeah, yeah. that's right 400 that's attendance right. today and, yeah. and, and last year we sold out at 150 wow. tickets right let's keep it going up so, yeah, yeah I mean, we like that uh, traje- trajectory of sales that's <laughs> what quadruple JP it's more than double yeah. at least double <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least double it's a lot is there anything else on slowtube.com like cheerleaders cutting bre- artisan bread That's or something? Right, absolutely. Or? <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Look at the crust on and this. Actually, the crumb is amazing. Yeah. And actually this there is a movement called slow sex. Is there really? Absolutely. Yeah, I've no. heard of that. And it's like like tantric. <laughs> Dave's heard of it. Yeah. I've never practiced it. I've no. certainly heard of that. I think it's an impossibility. Read about it in a book. Yeah. It's an impossibility nowadays. That's on Mythbusters, I'm and pretty it, sure. And it's and it, actually it is a movement and it is uh, centered in the same town in Italy as uh, Slow Food is. Is it really? Yeah. What is the what is the premise behind? I don't behind? know. I, you don't know. I, don't I will go find out. Yeah. Listeners, I promise you we to come back with a full report <laughs> on Slow Sex. You'll, you'll get to the bottom of it. I like how the country that gave us the Lamborghini gives us slow food and slow sex. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you very much for being on the program. And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to be talking to a lot of the food producers that you've brought here today to find out about uh, what it is exactly that they're doing and what the difference is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to say right now that just going around and tasting some of the food before the broadcast. Oh, man. The difference is unreal. It is. It it really, it'll, if you've never had handmade, locally made, uh, you know, to me, I consider this like a, it's really a form of soul food. It's people putting love yeah. into food. Right, yeah. yeah. Compared to the stuff that you're getting at the at the Safeway or the Alpha Beta or wherever it is that you're going, um, it's really, the, the difference is remarkable. It is. I had some of that uh, knockwurst from the charcuterie, uh-huh. and um, it was amazing. Yeah. It was, it was the, the flavors weren't just buried under, you know, preservatives or whatever. It, <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, and, and, and it sounds really kind of weird and bandwagonish to say, and like, you know, oh, it's a, you know, maybe it's a marketing thing. It is not. It's good that stuff. That was really, really fresh. The, the flavors were, were just right in your face. And, um, and and the hot dog rolls. I mean, these are oh, yeah. specially made by uh, Steve Sullivan and Acme Bread. Yeah. And they're they're just fabulous. It was, what yeah. a difference. Oh, man. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm into it. It's just... I'm into it. It's amazing because it's, it's across the board. All this stuff is equally as good 
you know, we're talking about, you know, this is a beer listenership primarily, your radio show. And, sure. Uh, but, you know, just everywhere you choose to shine the spotlight, you know, whether it's the bread or whether it's the cheese or the charcuterie, everybody's doing something the same way, which is pouring all of their love and, and passion into their craft and the art of doing it. And, and you know, that, that food, all the food out here, the, the you know, knockwurst and everything is as different from mainstream store-bought stuff as our beer is. You yeah. know, everybody here knows how different this beer is from mainstream beer. Yeah. And it's true across the board with the food side as well, and that's what it's all about, you know. And, and that's like the salami uh, that we have here today from oh, yeah. uh, Farmani. And uh, Farmani means uh, from my hands ah, in it, Italian. It's exactly what it should be, too. Yeah. Uh, the perfect comparison, it. too, Dave, between the... We do know the difference between the the, the mass-produced beer and the, and the small-batch beer. Yeah. And you're right. The food difference is just as unique, if not more. Well, yeah, it's a it, beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the people, are, yeah, we, we are primarily a beer show, but a lot of the same guys who homebrew also are, you know, home chefs, sure. and they do this stuff. They source this stuff out, too, and it's, I mean, the, the links are great. The parallel, it's amazing. Yeah. Al Gore is going to spoon you tonight, JP. Uh, you know, I hope so, because I have a few questions about his jet. <laughs> uh, all right. His carbon footprint. Uh. <laughs> yeah. That jerk. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to interview some of these food producers. We're going to find yeah. out. Uh, we're going to dig into the slow uh, food movement along with the slow beer. We've got a lot of brewers here to talk to, too. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a few. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Well, beer, we've had some great times. When I was 17, I drank some very good beer. I drank some very good beer I purchased with a thing I need. My name was Brian McKee. I stayed up listening to Queen when I was 17. Did you know that you can not only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com. You'll learn about More Beer's history, sales and discounts on More Beer products, get to know team members, and hear ways to save you money. They're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience. So go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033. That's 800-600-0033. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. 
That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous Watermelon Wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. to the program, everybody. Broadcasting live from the Slow Beer Festival. It's a slow food and slow beer combined right here in San Francisco in uh, sunny Golden Gate Park today, which is it's a beautiful kind of, day. Uh, fascinating that it's sunny today and nice. You know, you never know in San Francisco. It could be yeah, ugly. That's true. But this thing, uh, so we got a whole room here, which is just full of uh, craft brewers from the Brewers Guild and beyond. And uh, you've also got uh, a lot of the different local food places. And uh, outside, you've got even more food. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can keep it up now, Bob. I was actually asked to, to turn it up. So until someone complains about my voice uh, annoying them, then we'll just keep it up. You know, Bob, I'd like to complain about his voice annoying me, please, officially. <laughs> Aside from JP. Oh, Thank okay. you, Bob. I appreciate it. Bob Coleman, uh, local beer aficionado. This guy has so many titles, it's unbelievable. But really? he was the host of uh, of the, the beer panel we did at the Commonwealth Club. Of, oh, cool. Of which I uh, was was the star. Left, yeah. Oh, I was going to say left out of an article. No, I left out of the article. Yeah, okay. No, I wasn't the star. I was more of the uh, buffoon, as I've often portrayed. Oh, dance like a clown for us, Justin. Yeah. Make us laugh, you know. Just like Sully. Uh, go ahead, Sully. Give it a shot. Uh, can, can you do that right now? Dance like a clown? <laughs> <laughs> I like Sully's glasses. He has these old man glasses on now. Old man. Sully, I didn't mean that. Sully, where's your new headphones? <laughs> you know, all this, I, was, uh, I, was gonna, I brought them because I, talk about I'm them. a professional now, but I thought that I'd be... They were here, and I was running late, so... Okay. Okay. All right. Well, as usual, producer Shat's not doing his job, so uh, we're going to fill a little bit of time here and talk about what's happening at this uh, Slow Beer Festival. Uh, not only a bunch of fantastic beers, and by the way, I had a little trouble even making it past the uh, beatification from Russian River. Oh, I'm having a lot of I trouble. went back like four times before I ever tried another beer. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm kind of a Russian River whore. It's easy. They're sitting right next to us. It's right there, but it's also amazing. You know what the second beer I had, Sully? What's that? Give you a little ego boost here. Help, please. It was that North Coast. It was that diesel uh. that you're pouring over there. <laughs> tell us about yeah. It was yeah, the, uh, diesel. Tell, tell me about diesel. What diesel is that? Diesel Imperial uh, Porter is uh, about nine point seven percent alcohol. It's got smoke malt, malt in it. And nine point seven percent alcohol. It's, it doesn't taste like it. It's an awesome beer. It's that beer that Jesse, actually, actually beer Jesse came up with the uh, recipe. Did he now? Yeah, he did a great job. Yours is that beer that at these festivals, you know, the college kids come come up and and what do they sound like when they come to your? Oh uh, yeah, okay. So this is uh, the the difference between this festival and other festivals. Yeah, the slow food festival. Everybody's got a little bit of decorum about them. They're enjoying themselves. May There's I try a lot more this? Women here. It's a much more civilized. But typically at a beer festival, it's like give me your mouth to your highest alcohol beer. I would like. 
like the one with the most alcohol, please. That's what happens. Yeah. I'm not here. Today, and you're pouring uh, that one today. We are, but people are respecting it. They're actually interested in what's going on with it, so <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's <Hi>. fantastic. <laughs> Shut up. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we're also here with uh, Nat. Is that, do I have that right? Make sure I got it right here. Taylor. Taylor. Oh, hang on. It's yep. Taylor. That's all right. Taylor. Oh, that's right. We got fatted calf here. That's me. Ta- yeah, it's, it's. I'm not good at reading lips yet, Taylor. Uh, I'm going, well, I'll try to enunciate a little bit more clearly. <laughs> yeah. So Taylor from Fatted Calf, uh, yes. one of the food producers that's here at the, at the festival today. That we are. Tell us about uh, what you are and what you do. Basically, we are a small artisanal charcuterie company. We make lots of different kinds of things by hand in small batches. Uh, and we make it with a lot of love. And we try to participate uh, in as many ways as possible with uh, festivals like this. Um, we recently opened a store up in Napa, the Oxbow Public Market. We do a couple of farmer's markets down here in the East Bay and the Ferry Building. Uh, and, um, yeah, we just, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, bring the best possible product we can uh, to the people who appreciate it the most. So and, give me some yeah. examples of the things that you make by hand. Well, let's see. We make bacon, beef jerky, pancetta, knockwurst, about 40 other different kinds of fresh sausage. You had me at we bacon. Make, <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the gateway drug for sure. We're, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a reputation, deservedly or not, for corrupting vegetarians. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> basically, what, what, what we're all about is basically just, you know, getting the best raw ingredients we can find sustainably raised, humanely uh, raised uh, and processed meats. Um, we get all of our produce and everything from local farmers that we know at the farmers markets, um, and uh, we just you know we, we try to do things as traditionally as possible, but with kind of a California culinary progressive sensibility. Um, local, seasonal produce is very important to us, and uh, we mix it up a lot. And uh, basically, what we try to promote is um, you know just just thinking about where your food comes from. And eating and drinking responsibly, and uh, you know, doing it with love and with uh, a lot of thought yeah, and consciousness. I, I, I think that uh, fatted calf actually kind of embodies and represents sort of the ethos of what slow food is all about. Okay, and it really is about wow, eating locally. Those are very kind words. Thank you. <laughs> I 100 percent agree with it. It's uh, who wrote want, those for you? He wants some free <laughs> wow. bacon. Yeah. I, I want free bacon. And you're right. You know what? I got uh, getting back to goof on that a little bit. This is Sean O'Sullivan for the charcuterie. <laughs> Uh, bacon really is the gateway drug. I've yeah. had so many friends of mine who've been like vegetarians, and that's kind of the crossover. Oh, yeah. And they once they have bacon, they don't go back. There's nothing a slab of bacon can't fix. Absolutely no. not. But well, you, you guys do really embody the whole thing. I mean, it's uh, to see you at these festivals, to see you at this festival, uh, it is what it's all about. I mean, the small producers are really taking care. It's like craft brewing with meat. Yeah, pretty much. You can <laughs> yeah, use that I one, mean, by the way. Yeah, uh, well, thank you. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure you get some credit for that. Okay. We'll put it up on the website tomorrow. I, I, I just want some uh, beef jerky. We can do that too. Yeah, Taylor, let me play devil's advocate with you sure. for a second. All right. Tell me. A lot of our listeners are from all over the country, uh-huh. and uh, I kind of preach this stuff every now and then as much as I can. We're generally a beer show, so cool. I get told to shut up a lot when I start talking about hippie organic things. I and, like and beer, right, and good. I'm far from uh, I don't know the typical hippie organic guy. So. Okay, good. So you'll be perfect. Fire away. To, to help Help me right. out with well. Uh, I just uh, you know, you, I want you to explain a little bit about how you guys got into this. What was the impetus t- to get into it? Is it just this sort of uh, you know California? We're better. I have a Prius kind of an attitude that <laughs> that gets you into a charcuterie, or, or does it come from somewhere else? No, the uh, the ethos involved is that uh, people should really care about what they're putting in their bodies and where where it's coming from and why they're eating it. Uh, you know, this has nothing to do with being liberal or conservative or anything like that. It comes from basically 
just a motivation of wanting to provide quality food and uh, you know not ingesting junk thoughtlessly and mindlessly. Yeah. Um, basically, this is kind of this is kind of a revolution against big mindless uh, industrial meat. That uh, you know, there, one of the things we tell a lot of our customers that there's no such thing as cheap meat. Basically, uh, there are um, you know there are lots of other costs involved when you go to you know uh, some huge uh, you know supermarket chain and you buy that styrofoam wrapped piece of waterlogged junk yeah uh, you know it's there are lots of other costs involved there are, um, there are ecological costs there are social costs you know it's uh, it's, it's it's actually a much bigger problem than most people uh, realize in this country and so what we try to do is we try to help the small guy out by taking taking a good responsibly raised product and transforming it into something that people feel comfortable taking home and, and putting on a grill and and you know the, the difference is is just it, it, if what I'm going to be difference? so bold the difference basically is uh, you know responsibly raised pasture-raised animals not only uh, live much better lives but they also uh, they also wind up as much better products and you know one of our kind of key mantras is uh, you can't make good products from bad raw products, and so we basically try to get the best raw products. And, you know, it, it, I mean that extends to the herbs and garlic and everything else we buy. Sure, but uh, and I've heard brewers say the same thing. Yeah, that you can't absolutely. make good beer from yeah, from poor. Totally. Uh, you're you, kind of you're kind of like the craft brewer in the meat world. That's that's you're, you, you yeah, mean, you're making small batches. You're 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 taking care of the of the animals. You're actually kind of like the soup to nuts kind of thing in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, we can we in a lot of ways we consider ourselves stewards yeah. and um, we're stewards of the ways things uh, you know have traditionally been done and um, you know different seasonal organic products that uh, you know that that not I mean this is not just a mantra. I mean this stuff tastes better too. No, way it better. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Things that are made in small batches by somebody who's really paying attention to what's happening instead of just watching it go by on an assembly line. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 in my view, and, and, and you know, the fact that we've been in business for five years really, you know, really speaks to how much, uh, you know, people are really looking for this kind of thing. And they're paying uh, attention. Absolutely. P- people are paying attention. And, um, you know, there's, I, I feel like, you know, it's definitely uh, a big thing out here, but I feel like, you know, every time I travel in different parts of the country, I see it everywhere else, too. People are really starting to question everything that's fed to them literally and figuratively about our food and where it comes from and you should ask questions you should be able to verify where things come from how they were raised yeah. what they were fed yeah. how they were processed you know everything about that I, I'm a firm believer in that you should be able to uh, you know you should be able to know the answers to all these questions and you know we to that end we basically try you to do as that. best as possible in, in all of those ways and to be able to be we, we're fully transparent company. Taylor, have you, Any, have you yeah. taken a breath yet? Have I? Yeah. Taylor's doing great. No, I know. no, no, no. I've just been working for about three months straight, man. We just opened a new store, and so it's kind of like having a new baby. I'm so happy that I'm just no, I'm, it's I'm really amped up about it. And, you know, the response is almost like version 2.0 of the fatted cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 you know, in spite of what JP just said to insult you. but uh, it wasn't an insult. I'll tell you it Whatever. I'm just joking. I don't know. I tend to get up on a soapbox now and again. No, it's fine. I do the same thing. But honestly... 
you, if <laughs> locally anything, made. So if far. anything today, yeah. you've gotten Justin to say the word charcuterie correctly. Oh, Char- yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a story about that. I'm well, if you really wanted story, to, you could, you could you could French up the R's a little bit. Charcuterie. See now you just got my charcuterie. My ADD. Now I'm gonna. That's gonna be stuck in my head for. Actually, it's my OCD. So well. Now, hang on. Let me get the word out of my head for a second yeah, so I can that. carry on the yeah, interview. I'm sorry. I have a couple of more questions for Tell you, me. too. Sure, uh, because sure. I'm glad that you're excited about this. Thank you. And, uh, and I think that you should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, one comment I have about what you're saying is I think it's interesting that uh, Americans want to know uh, how their cars were built and where they were built. And we want to know about the house and make sure that you know, we know the people that built that. And, and we're very concerned about all these things. But, but when it comes to the products we put in our body, well, maybe we don't pay so much attention. I don't attention. think about it quite so much. But, you know, but I think should. that is starting to shift. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged by, especially by festivals such as this, where we see lots of people coming out. Who, I mean, you know, people here obviously have a good time, but it, they're people who are out of a good time and they really care about it. Yeah. You know, you can really get that. Uh, the, the girl that I'm working with, somebody who just came on with us about a month ago, turned to me about an hour ago and said, you know, what's really cool about things like this, this is that people really are into it. You know, they're really into not just food tasting good, but they really want to know how it came to be here on the grill in front of us. And why, you know? and why wouldn't you? Why yeah, wouldn't you want to know absolutely. where this well, And you're right. To that degree about, about cars and houses and everything else, you know, eating is something that people do. You know, everybody does it. Sure. At least twice a day. And if they don't, know? they're going to die. <laughs> I mean, let's just... True words yeah. were never spoken. Yes. You want to live so, forever. Yeah, and, Little and, insight from me. And, yeah. it's, and, you know, it's not the kind of thing that you need to obsess about night and day. But, you know, basically we kind of preach, and especially in terms of charcuterie, this is kind of a self-defeating business uh, prophecy, but eat less of it. But make it make it count. Okay. You know, just yeah. eat you know, eat it in moderation, make it count, and make sure it's good, you yeah. know? Don't you know, don't just mindlessly, you know, put into your mouth whatever whatever comes along, you know. Sure. You want, might want to think about it and uh, you might you know, if you, pay if you, for that. Yeah. You might pay for it down the down the road and also if you if you stop and think about it, there are a lot of quality options out there. If you stop and think about it and don't just, you know, blindly go for it, you're going to wind up with tastier products and you, you know, you're going to be overall a little bit happier, you know. All right, I have one more sort of devil's advocate question for you. These are not devil's advocate. when you said that, I thought you were going to really Go I thought you were really going to be close. I just me. try, you know. I think that there's a lot of common questions out there about uh-huh. this, thing, and I think a lot of them are defensive questions. Okay. And so I try to, you yeah. know, ask the defensive question. I think people are really defensive about the foods that they eat and and the lifestyles that they live. For mm. example, uh, I grew up on fast food. Okay. I, I really grew up on fast food. I'm and talking it shows. I, absolutely. I'm talking a couple <laughs> meals a day. My insides are about 30 years older than my outsides, <laughs> which is All pretty right. old because outsides. So anyway, the point here is, uh, oh, you look great. Any one of us can. Leave here today. Thank you. <laughs> Any one of us can leave here today. So uh-huh. you want to get a beer and leave these two alone? And on every third or fourth block that We're we drive, <laughs> we can okay. pick up an entire meal for like three dollars fifty. Right. A whole meal. I'm yep. talking a burger with bread around it and a, and a fry yep. and maybe even a salad in a cup that you shake up with some stuff in there. Well, here's the every that, third or fourth block. That's where the tough question comes in. Three dollars fifty. Well, it, it basically that basically uh, the short answer for that is subsidies, and uh, it goes back to what. I was saying earlier about there being no such thing as cheap meat. Basically, the the raw products that these places are using have been heavily government subsidized. They're, um, you know, if these companies were for-
forced to pay for all the pollution that they cause and everything else, you know, these things would cost about as much as, you know, a, a responsibly raised, certified, humane, pasture-raised animal that had been out, you know, roaming free like, yeah. like pigs and cows and lambs and chickens are supposed to do. So the cost is all in there somewhere. It's all in there somewhere. Yeah. You're basically, you're paying for it in taxes. You're paying for it in, in, in the cost that, you're, you know, the government farms out to these people. They, it, it's, uh, you know. Paying it's, for it's, it in colon cancer, I'm going to go as that's far really, as to yeah. say. You're paying yeah. for it in colon cancer and health costs. I mean, you know, these things, they they do have hidden costs. You know, they're, it's not just something that, uh, y- you know, is, is absorbed um, at any one given point. Yeah, it's, but you get a free toy. You do get and a free toy. And that's really what it's Can you about. beat that? Well, you know, they're making all their no, money on we're the We're not uh, Pixar. Yeah. I didn't no. see any toys at your table. No. no but you know what? You, you know what you'll get when... <laughs> All right, <laughs> have, a, have a pack of knockers and a wind-up racer. Yeah, you, you know, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll give you a smile, and you know what, you'll be able to actually uh, have a much more like concrete connection to uh, yeah. to the people that are making your food and to uh, where where it actually came from. I'll you know, tell you what, JP, things, yeah. when 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 you, when you have kids, no, if, you, no, no. if you change your eating habits yeah. right now, yeah. you'll be able to play with them in their toys. I think that's the. I don't really want to. And you know what? Uh, <laughs> you yeah, don't want any I, part of that. I'll, no. I'll give you a personal guarantee. I will come and personally uh, be your nanny. <laughs> nice. I, I will come and I'll change diapers. And we actually uh, have had in place a program for a while for our farmer's market customers. If you come to me and you promise that you will not take your kids to McDonald's, I'll keep your kids in burgers for the next You know, my years. son doesn't even really? know what McDonald's yeah. is. Well, He's four and a half right years on. old. He'll be That's five cool. in May. Yeah. I never take Free him burgers. I love burgers. both of you right Absolutely yeah. not. Free grass-fed organic ground beef no. until the kid is 18. If you'll you promise. Just Give it not to, to t- just give it away. That yep. is the best. See, I never wow. eat that stuff. Well, so yeah, why you would know, I mean, we're we're you know, it's it's all about responsibility and integrity. And I will put my money where my mouth is. No, this is serious business to me. And uh, you know, you we're, know, we're I, not I, messing you know, around. I respect here. you because I think that if people knew the whole thing about eating meat and all that, it would be a special thing. We all just see it as sort of the styrofoam it's plastic commodity. wrap thing, it's and it's, that's how country. you get it. Yeah. But if you knew it was an animal at one time, and and, and it, you know, it lived, it breathed, and yeah, I mean, exactly. It was slaughtered. If you really stop and think about it. Do you really farted. want <laughs> <laughs> well, we all those things that animals do? Poops. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sometimes. But I, I think that oh, it's dear. important if, if you realize that that you would go after the better product. I, I think most people would if they really had an idea. And these huge companies, they pay a lot of money and they do a lot of marketing to keep people from figuring out the fact that most of those animals were raised in windowless factories. Yes. They never had a chance to roam around and to engage in natural behaviors that animals do. Okay. You know? And and uh, to me, that's deplorable. I, I think that's... I think. To go out on a limb here, I think there's a special place in hell for people who abuse animals. And I think that... Uh, <laughs> And I, I hope that it's like a petting zoo that we yeah. can get to go watch. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but the bottom line is, how do you sleep with the screams of pork in your ears? Well, yeah, you know, it's I, um, yeah, this I, I, this is a line totally bitten from uh, one of our purveyors, Steve McCarthy of the Prey the Ranch Meat Company. But uh, animals, you know, an animal that is raised for for human consumption should have one bad day in their life, if that. The day they get mm-hmm. shot in the head. That, and they don't the even the, know when it happened. The day the farmer gets lonely. <laughs> That's no, a bad day that. in their life. I didn't mean that. <laughs> hey, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> wow, that's twisted. Usually, I'm 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 the guy on the on the evil end of this. Oh, you haven't met JP. All right, Taylor, why don't you just uh, to kind of wrap things up? Let's talk about what you guys were sure. serving here today. What are people finding here at the festival? Well, I'm I'm crazy busy with a million other things. So basically, what we did was the most streamlined. Uh, you know, easy to knock out kind of thing that I could think of. You did and fast the thing that slow go- food, didn't you? Yes, we did. We did the <laughs> thing that goes best with beer. Uh, we basically brought down a bunch of uh, smoked knockwurst yes. and some sauerkraut that I put up about a month ago. Okay. Uh, we ferment our own sauerkraut. We do lots of other things beyond just meat. How do you um, ferment sauerkraut? It's salt and cabbage and thyme, baby. You just, uh, That's and all where you got to do, do. Where do you put it? In hey, fridge, we, we got these a... awesome crocs that uh, a buddy of mine got us. And basically, we, salt, we slice the cabbage. We put it on the slicer, slice it up. We get good organic cabbage from Full Belly Farms and from River Dog. We slice it up. We salt it. Uh, we get. We put a certain amount of salt in by weight. Mix it up. Let a natural brine. The salt reacts with the water in the cabbage. Mm-hmm. Draws out a brine. We pack it into crocs. And we leave it alone for about a month. Really? Yep. I yeah, have no that's, idea that's, that's how sour It's, it's really simple. But, you know, it's, it's like with all this other stuff. The difference between the processed supermarket junk and what you could make at home quite easily is just night and day. And yeah, once you yeah. try it, I mean, it's real eye-opening kind of thing. I bet. So, yeah, we, we basically brought hot dogs and sauerkraut. And, uh, but, <laughs> but, you know, we brought stuff. the slow yeah. food version of hot dogs and sauerkraut. And, uh, you know, it's honestly, amazing. I'm starting to feel kind of bad because I left, uh, I left my buddy Jessica That's outside. Right. Don't worry about it. She's grilling up all those hot dogs. She's fine. Tri- trial by fire. Oh, I know yeah, she's fine. I wouldn't have brought her if I didn't think she couldn't uh, handle her own. But um, Well, give yeah, us all so, the information yeah. so that the listeners could find out well, about you guys. Well, uh, we do uh, farmer's markets at the Berkeley Farmer's Market and the Ferry Building Farmer's Market on Saturday. Okay. We also have a storefront that's open seven days a week in Napa at the Oxbow Public Market. That's a 644 First Street, Suite C. Phone number is 707-256-3684. You can also check us out at fattedcalf.com. There you do you go. guys do uh, shipping? No, we're yeah. way too small. Yeah, right. <laughs> way too small. One quick way. question: Yeah, uh, how did you get involved in this? I mean, like uh, we're kind of we're a brewing network, and it's uh-huh. all about home brewing. And there, is there? I used to uh, home brew when I had time. Nice. Oh, great. <laughs> Actually, a buddy of mine who's standing right over there is one of the finest home brewers I know. Great. Should bring some by. But uh, are, how did you? Uh, how did you? I uh, do. I've still got some barley wine sitting in his basement. We no, bring it drink. on. Yeah. But how did you get involved in in, in, in this charcuterie? Whole, yes. Well, basically, I. I, I went to culinary school, and that's where I met my wife, and that's who my partner in the business is, Tapony Miller. Uh, we basically feel like to become fully well-rounded uh, chefs, I guess, if you will, to sum it up succinctly. Uh, you got to you got to know everything. You got to know you know you got to know the classics. You got to know the new stuff. You got to know breads, pastries, charcuterie, uh, you know, nouveau cuisine. All kinds of stuff. So basically, for me, this is one stop that we're, I'm making on hopefully becoming a very well-rounded cook eventually. Okay. Right on. Yeah. So, what is the? Give me the charcuterie definition yeah. precisely. Well, it, uh, literally in French, a charcuterie is a place where meat products are prepared and sold, along with a lot of the other goods that go along with charcuterie, like the sauerkraut and things like that. We also sell heirloom beans from uh, Rancho Gordo. We sell Lulu's Garden pickles and preserves. We sell a few books that are. Uh, you know, written along the lines of uh, our philosophy, like the meat, uh, the River Cottage Meat Cookbook by Hugh, Hugh Fearnley Whittingstall. We sell, uh, you know, a lot of mushrooms. I mean, just yeah, you know, and we're we're just getting started. We've been open for four weeks, and so we're really oh, looking really? to expand the repertoire of everything we do. That's cool. Man. Yeah. So, fairly so I mean, it's, it's pretty much, pretty much. Uh, we don't really have one explicit philosophy. 
basically what what we're all about is you know doing things with love you know with with neighbors with friends and uh, you know and, and and keeping it super high quality and just delicious and uh, you know so it's not gonna not gonna wretch sounds so. like a homebrew philosophy to me what, is your, is your, what's your what's your plan for the future are you gonna get kind of like uh, go big Nyman ranch or no no, no? Uh, this this one store will pretty much be it um, McDonald's comes knocking they want a new fatted calf Mac they can get bent <laughs> <laughs> they can get bent all right good. And you can quote me on that no, yeah. what, I mean what if McDonald's actually kind of came full circle and uh, decided to sort of, you know, well, get involved in that? If that if a, did wind know, up happening, they'd actually be the company to be able to make it happen. If yeah. we were to ever get involved with somebody big like that, there would be so many constrictions that yeah. we would have to put into the contract on our part that, uh, you know, if it didn't make them run screaming, then we might be able to actually implement some real change, yeah. which That's would be a good great. Point. Yeah. Excellent point. So, Taylor, thanks for sitting hey. down with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks Seriously. for having me. Yeah. Thank hey, you so good much. Good luck to you guys. Hey, thanks a lot. Really, that's uh, right. Fatted Calf, Thanks, and you can go to fattedcalf.com. Is that right? Ah, yeah, that's the one. Fattedcalf.com uh-huh. to check it out. Hey. And where are you guys out of specifically? Right now we're in Napa, but Napa. we are down here in the Bay Area, uh, the Ferry Building Farmer's yes. Market and the Berkeley Farmer's Market, both on Saturdays, and you can get all that info on our website. All right, great. And feel free to give the uh, give the store a call. You'll probably get me on the phone. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a company of about nine people. Uh, you know, I'm not just talking here. We we actually, we're, we're all about walking it. And, uh, Good. You know, we... Yeah, we, it's refreshing to see, man. I'm telling you, this is the best part about this festival for well, me. It's, it's well, good to see it in action. Thanks a lot. For me, it's uh, yeah. all the good cold beer, and it looks like I'm out, so I'm going to jam. Right. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys. Taylor, thanks Thank a lot. I right. appreciate thanks, it. All right, we're going to take a uh, quick break here, guys. Uh, this is fascinating stuff, and, and Sully, I'm glad to finally see it in action. You're never going to eat a uh, Big Mac again. I, I haven't eaten a Big Mac in like five years. Yeah, right. I haven't eaten fast food in nope. a long, long time. I'll be back, kids. Hang in there. More from the Slow Food Festival in San Francisco. Slow beer, too. Valley Brewing Company is Stockton's premier microbrewery and family restaurant in the heart of Stockton, California, just off the Miracle Mile. Brewmaster Steve Altamari crafts a full array of award-winning ales and specialty beers, from their Hitman Gold American Pale Ale to their Black Cat Stout, or any one of their monthly specialty brews, like Valley's Uber Hoppy Imperial IPA. And the best part is, you can now purchase kegs of Valley Brew to take with you from their all-new 30-barrel brewery, now open in Stockton. So pick up a keg and get a taste of one of California's oldest brewing traditions. To find out more about Valley Brewing's historic past, their selection of beers, or family-friendly restaurant, visit them online at valleybrew.com. Or stop by and sample the beer at 157 West Adams Street in Stockton, California, where pitchers are just $5 all day on Sundays. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001 Cal Ale, baby! 23 Burton Ale. 008 East Coast Ale! Cal Common. WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? Huh? 
White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. <laughs> oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. He's in the basement. Oh, please. My triple decocted imperial pilsner. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Was is los? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the cool blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm-hmm. Now get brewing! Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's yeah. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. You Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Beer. <laughs> Network. The Brewing Network, saving your life, one beer at a time. Uh, welcome back. Live from the Slow Food slash Slow Beer Festival here in San Francisco. We're in Golden Gate Park, and uh, it's a beautiful day outside. And we're all hanging inside drinking beer, which is uh, kind of always a good thing when you see that happening. And eating food. People could be out exercising, doing things good for their health, and uh, instead we're eating sausages and drinking beer, which is, uh, for me, is a good way to spend a weekend. That's, that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. And we're here with Nat and Christian uh, from a new place uh, here in San Francisco, uh, Monk's Kettle. How long have you guys been open? Uh, just two months. Okay, and that's Nat and, and Christian over here next to you. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, just a couple of months. Yeah. And I was there a month ago, so you guys had uh, just opened, and I was really offended, actually. What happened? Well, I get there, and it's a beautiful bar, and it is done in the tradition of a Belgian bar. The bar is fantastic. The bar itself, beautiful piece of, of wood. I don't Back know bar is what amazing. mahogany. I don't know yeah. what it is. Uh, it's gorgeous. Redwood. Redwood. Okay, and I'm there, <laughs> and I find out that you have Rodenbach. Grand Cru, mm-hmm. but it's like on uh, it's like on deck. It's, it's not, on deck. and Just so about, yeah. I was told uh, that we had to finish the uh, what I'm trying to remember what, what it is we had to finish the duché. Yes, it w- so something's <laughs> not easily finished by oneself. So I tried to encourage everybody at the bar to hello. Could we just keep drinking some of this? Because I'm telling you, the best one of the best beers you've ever had in your life is on deck. It's Absolutely. back. It's waving the bat. 
And uh, you guys wouldn't put it on. Your bartender, rather. You would not put it on unless that was gone. But it's coming soon, I it, promise. Really? It's st- oh, so it's not, you haven't gone through it yet? Not yet. See, I thought We're for waiting. sure I would We're have m- on. entirely missed the boat. <laughs> We're just building up the anticipation. Can I get on the uh, the Rodenbach Yeah, like, what's up with teasing people list? about that stuff? <laughs> Why, you just don't tell us. Otherwise, we're going to be like... <laughs> because uh, that, now we show right. up like every day and have four beers. And that's the idea. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but the Monk's Kettle, it really is a fantastic, a Belgian-style beer beer bar. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and the idea when you guys started the whole thing? Well, we wanted to basically offer a, a bar that has every, just about every style represented on it. Um, we put together a beer list. We have 24 drafts. About a, a third of the both the draft and the bottle are Belgian, um, but we wanted to have all all the styles represented and basically the best representations that we could get of each style. Um, and then we put together a small but but good wine list and then a fantastic food menu that our our head chef Kevin Kroger has put together. So it is good food too. I ate there also. So. Yeah, it's, it, and it's interesting because that location that you're at has not been very successful no. with past bars. Oh, I mean, what was it before? Uh, a grease pit. <laughs> really? Okay. And, 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 and honestly, you guys have turned it around. I mean, it's now a successful, apparently thriving business so far. Yeah. yeah. Don't and jinx them, Sully. I'm not. I'm, I, that's why <laughs> I'm wood, talking wood. like this. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, yeah. you guys have, uh, the write-ups have been great. It's amazing. I, I told you earlier that uh, you, weren't, you weren't on the top five uh, or ten beers, uh, beer bars uh, in Forbes, but I think you'll be there next year. In Forbes? Uh, it's, well, they just announced their top uh, top beer bars. Did they really? Yeah, and, but these guys had just opened, and I was like, "This place is amazing." They'll be it should there be soon. on that list. So, yeah, give us time. Well, thank you. Well, what's your what's your beer background? Are you guys you know business guys looking to cash in here? Or are you beer lovers? <laughs> I gotta know. I mean, it's okay to be either one li- uh, or a little bit of both. Right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had been in restaurants. I was Kristen talking. Um, I had been in restaurants uh, for quite a while now, um, and I looked around San Francisco and saw no one's doing this. Okay. You know, no yeah. one's really doing. The, the full full on beer and wine Those tavern experience. you know so what we wanted to do is just a little bit of everything and really have like the full fleshed out beer list well it's interesting um, because uh, you know you amongst kettle sort of harkens to Belgian beers but sure. you have other beers there and and Belgian style beers are so popular right now and you have beers like right next to us Russian River and, and, and a lot of other breweries around uh, microbreweries that are brewing beers like that and to have a uh, an area to have a place that actually sort of promotes that is it is surprising that it doesn't happen in San Francisco sooner. Yeah, well, especially with so many different great microbreweries, not only in the city, but just the greater Bay Area. I mean, Russian River is fantastic, obviously. And, and you know, they've, they've Are Belgium's they really, though? <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Do you guys have the 21st Amendment on tap at the Monk's Kettle? We don't. No, right, no. No. I heard they suck anyway. <laughs> what? I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Not yet. Right, guys? Exactly. We talked about yeah, this. Not, not, yet. Show. not yet. Well, you guys are located right there in the mission. And uh, when I went, I walked. And I felt safe. I didn't feel like I was going to get mugged. I stopped off at the ATM. Didn't bother me. Took out money. So I just want everyone to know. It's a, you guys are yeah, you're a, also a, from Pacheco. A very so. nice part of the mission. Yeah, my part of uh, the East Bay is a lot worse than, than the mission can be. That's exactly. for sure. And it's also the 
mission in 2008 and not 1998. So oh, is that, that when it was that bad? Helps, that helps it out. That might have been the last time I was in the mission, Christian. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was 1990, before I went to Monk's Kettle, yeah. actually. <laughs> so now you guys are there, though, and, and you've started this. It's been going on for, for four months. Uh, two. Uh, two months. Two months. Two months, even. Uh, so tell me what you guys think. I, I, know you, I think a lot of places that are exciting, and especially since beer is, is really popular right now, you get a big rush in the beginning, and it's kind of all the buzz. Um, but do you really are you finding your customers coming back and asking you for new beer or more beer? Or we are. Okay. Yes, definitely. Um, I think that's one of the best things that I've seen is how many regulars, especially from the Mission neighborhood, come back again and again. And, and you know, they come in, they sit, and they talk to us by name. Hey, Nat. Hey, Christian. And you know, we can recognize them and you know pour them their favorite beer. And, and I think that's the most exciting thing. Okay. So far. You guys are young. How old are you guys? What are you, 20s? I'm 33. 21. Yeah. 33, and that is... I just turned 17. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are young, yeah. good You guys have boys. either been eating slow food your entire lives, or you're both 17. I'm pretty sure of it. Sully, on the other hand. I'm 44 and about to die. Sully's actually also 17, but uh, he's, he hasn't aged as well as you guys. <laughs> well, it's really it's a fantastic bar. Um, uh, why the food also? I'm kind of curious about that part because you've really gone so far uh, with the different beers. It, it's a great beer list, uh, not only on tap. How many taps? 24. 24. 24 taps, plus you've got the bottle list. Yeah, and you decided to do food also. It was kind of, the, um, kind of looking at the gastropub. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, you look around most big cities across the USA and... What is that? Tell us a, what a... A gastropub is basically um, restaurant-quality food in a pub or tavern-type environment. And it was like an English phenomenon back in the day. Yeah. They kind of started it back there. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be deep-fried nachos. No, no. yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the goal is it to get away, from, yeah, <laughs> get away from the deep-fried nachos. And, um, you know, I, I'm from Seattle originally, and they have that up there. And, you know, Christian over in, when he was in Boston, they have it out there as well. And, and you get here, and it was like, well, wait a minute. Where is that? Yeah. That's a good point. And so, you know, that we wanted to kind of go down that, that road. Dave uh, from Magnolia is the first one to introduce me to the gastro pub yeah. whole uh, kind of theme. Phraseology. And, and his place, def- I think, you know, Absolutely. his place is certainly a, a gastro pub. Yeah. A gastro brewery, uh, yeah. however you'd want to right. do it. But you're right. There's not a lot of that going on. No, I mean, when we looked at San Francisco, we looked at Magnolia and the Alembic. It was basically the two things that most closely resemble what we were going to do. Okay. So now here at the festival, how do you guys see yourselves as part of the the slow food or, or the slow beer movement? I mean, what is your role in this? Obviously, you're you're putting out these fantastic beers. You're making some of this food. Tell us how, how you think you guys fit in. Well, we're starting to do. Kevin's starting to do a lot of our in-house charcuterie, and that's basically what we're serving today. Is some house-made sausages that have been done. Great uh, smoked sausages. Um, so it's been. Um, we're just trying to promote the artisan artisan foods, you know, local local produce, all that kind of stuff. So as much organic, sustainable stuff as possible. We try and get as much as we can, uh, whether it's seafood, whether it's breads and cheeses, whether it's meats. We try and put all that on the menu, and uh, just really work with the local producers as much as possible. Okay. Did you guys do some uh, Belgium uh, research before you? Did you get to take some trips? Yeah. What's to the story behind that? You guys did a lot of trips to Belgium, didn't you? I wish. Yeah. You didn't get to? <laughs> no, I have not. Really? Been there. Oh. Really? Neither one You've of you. Never been. Never nope. been. You know, See, this, this is the internet. Should... The beauty of the internet. You just download exactly. a bunch of pictures. Just, just lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go anywhere anymore. No. You just stay home, listen to the Brewing Network, and you take you to Belgium. There you go. I rarely leave right my room, there. actually. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Hence the young looks. You have no stress. Uh, never, never had to go through a security line at the airport. <laughs> Full cavity search. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I'm glad to see you guys doing it. It really was a, a, a fantastic experience when I went there. So um, I, I'm happy that you guys Excellent. open up. And I wish you luck. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are a part of this here. And uh, I'd recommend going there, especially when you get the Rodenbach on tap. Can I get a, Can I get an estimated uh, delivery date? I'd say probably within the next week. Within the next week. Go, yeah, the next probably Sully. about a week. We'll be we'll be putting yeah, it on. We're going. I think that's fair. Next enough. weekend we'll stop in. Let's yeah. do it. There and if, we're raising hell if it's not on tap. Yes, you will. Exactly. Or we're at least drinking I'll a lot of whatever is supposed we'll to be outside. finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll raise hell with you, and we'll just do a, a kick a kick the keg contest. Let's and we'll do get that. It on. Let's see who gets injured first. Yeah. All right. Guys, thank you very much uh, for sitting down with us and uh, keep it up. We need more of that in the city. So, thank you. And all over. All right, so we are still live from the Slow Food Slow Beer Festival here, Sully. How's your beer pouring over there? You know, it's uh, surprisingly, it's going very well. We're actually, uh, we just came off a strong beer month, and all the beers we're serving today are very light. It's sort of the opposite of strong beer. Except for... We've got the big uh, imperial... Uh, what's it called? Oil can or it's something? It's called... Uh, what is it called? It's diesel. called uh, diesel. Thank you. <laughs> uh, diesel imperial porter. Yeah. Smoke porter. And uh, that's probably our biggest one there. But then you've got blonde. You've got blonde. No, we have a Kolsch. We have a watermelon uh, wheat, which is the first of the season, actually. It's your first batch? We're teasing the whole thing right now. I like the, you know, locally grown And then we have the Amendment the pale, uh, pale Ale, which actually we've, I think we've kind of turned into a, a, uh, an English IPA because of the hop crisis that's going on right now. Okay. So, yeah. So, we've had to cut back. Well, we just decided to mix it up a little bit. We were actually all about kind of American hops and all the beers, and uh, now we're kind of doing the... We change things around, the hopping around the Amendment Pale Ale, so it's more of a little bit of an English accent. Okay. So... All right, I can dig that. Yeah, you guys are doing good work over there. Just trying to, you know, just trying to pay the bills and, you know, keep the lights on. All your minions are gone in Belgium now. You know what? Everybody is there. It, it fu- it's funny. Roger's there. Roger and from Drake's is there, and my old assistant brewer of mine, uh, Steve, and his uh, wife uh, Justine. They're all there. I'm not there. I'm getting text messages from them. Yeah, they start coming and around. It's it in. Ten o'clock in the morning. It's which is about like eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah, over look there. how much fun we're having. Yeah, but you know, I'm not missing it at all jerks it, it's like kind of like this alcohol like you know tour you just have to you keep moving you it's like a desk tour or something and, <laughs> no and, matter and, what and, you must finish and, and, and we've talked about it on the show many times i have had pneumonia a couple times every time you leave the country <laughs> every time In malaria leave, yes and i now i'm like you know all right well you know okay yeah. I'm not going to be there. That's fine. You won't even come to Pacheco anymore. Uh, it's I'm afraid of Pacheco as well. <laughs> I don't blame you. I have right. to go to the Monk's Kettle in order to go to Belgium. That's my big thing right <laughs> that's now. That's as close as you that's get That's what now. I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us today. Uh, live from the Slow Beer Festival and uh, Slow Food. We kind of mixed it up together uh, this year. It's the second time they've done it. They're hoping to make it even bigger next year. Sold out 400 tickets this year. No, I, I could not believe it. You know, you had like 50 to 60, $75 for a ticket, yeah. and we sold Sold the fan and out. sold it out. And you know and, what? And look, John Foster's here from BeerSchool.com. With the food and the beer, it was well worth the uh, fifty-five dollars for a ticket. I gotta uh, say that right now. Unbelievable. You know, people start to uh, bark about ticket prices, but uh, this is one of those things. It was uh, well and, worth it. And people were like really into what was going on. They weren't like it wasn't all about consumption today. It was I had about four tasting. sausages. It was all about consumption for me. Well, for you, because you you know, you know live on a uh, DJ's budget. budget. Yeah. Yeah, the last time I ate was at the last festival. Yes. It was like two weeks ago. 
<laughs> so I had to have four sausages yeah, to catch up. You got to bulk up. And I had some of the monk's kettle uh, sausage, sausage, which was which is good because after the four full-on sausages, they had the like they the bite side. Nice you put it on bread, yeah. little onion underneath. Very delicious. What else was there? Some sort of uh, sauce on there too. Yeah, it was uh, mustard. Stone garden mustard and then a red onion and fennel marmalade. There you go. See, so I was digging on that. It was a good time. All right, uh, until the next time, and I love doing these live events, Sully. Thanks for hanging out with us. I love being here. JP, Shat, you guys did a great job today. Appreciate you doing this whole thing. And thank you to Carmen uh, with with Slow Food USA. And, of course, uh, Dave McLean, who's just a great guy, one of my favorite guys in in beer uh, with Magnolia. Uh, Just always a nice Good man. Pleasure to work with, and he invited us down here, so we got to thank him for that. And uh, All right, well, everybody enjoy the day. Uh, Keep drinking beer. I've seen a couple have sold out already, so uh, we got to make sure these brewers don't have to carry anything heavy home. I hate carrying kegs home that are full. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Cheers.